So Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm really great. Thank you. I'm looking out at the beautiful ocean in Costa Rica right now. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, my heart cries for you right now. <laughs> it's, it's quite a view. We've had um, a bit of rain here. Mm -hmm. uh, at nighttime, it rains uh, right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, everything is so beautiful and lush and so much. The air is like filled with so much prana right now. So I'm, I'm, we're I, busy breathing it all in. Yeah, it's not a it's not a bad gig, right? No, no. <laughs> there are some days, uh, you know, and I'm sure maybe I don't maybe you agree, but there's some days where I wake up even here in, in San Francisco and I'm just like, wow, this is really my life. This is this is for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to be we have to feel very blessed a lot to be able to do the work that we do, and I think uh, follow our dharma. So I, I think whatever powers may be all the time that I have this opportunity to, to do what I'm doing. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree. So I'm going to dive, uh, I'm going to dive right into the show and, and ask you why yoga? Oh my God. Um, so <laughs> why yoga? Well, that answer changes on a yearly basis sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, why yoga? When I started doing yoga when I was 18, it was all about the stretching and the workout and to get my sweat on because <laughs> I was young and restless. Yeah. Um, and then when I got to be about 29, 30, I met my teacher. Uh, and at that moment, my body started to fall apart. And then so um, – Yoga took on a very different meaning for me. Yoga, yoga, and interestingly enough, right at that moment, I started saying to myself, like, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than just hitting the yoga mat and sweating and, you know, you know, physically feeling good, but maybe not spiritually completely full. Sure. And so that I started making inquiries and then that's how I met my teacher. And right at that moment, my my body really started to change and shift and, and I had to really back off from the quote unquote physical practice a lot and, um, and start to take on more meditation and more inner work, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. getting more into Kriyas and Pranayama and, and this sort of thing. And, um, so then yoga started to become something very different for me. And I think when I met my teacher, it became more about the devotion and to um, developing a relationship mm -hmm. with, I, wanna, I don't want to say God, but I think that the divine is a good word. Sure. Um, and then that really kind of prepared me for what happened, you know, when I was in India, um, I came face to face with a boulder, which pummeled into my leg. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> up in the Himalayas. And I, you know, I, I don't think I could have gotten through that experience without having that, you know, deep practice and deep connection into faith. I think it was only my connection to faith uh, in my practice that really got me through that. And then has taken me into that, this journey now in, in Costa Rica but now, I, I in the last, I would say in the last two and a half years, my practice has shifted a lot again, and I think it's only, I think it's shifted because I'm a little older, <laughs> 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 and um, and 
you know, the, the daunting question is like, am I, am I fulfilling life's purpose? Yeah. And I don't mean like, you know, there's some sort of purpose I'm supposed to fill in life, fulfill in life. I think the great purpose is, you know, knowing myself at every level and, um, and really intrinsically understanding who I am. And so that's been sort of a question, a burning question that has been growing and growing and growing over the last two and a half years. And, um, uh, that that there's a part of me that really yearns to understand myself at all levels and understand life at all levels. And um, so I've been that's been where my practice has been heading recently. What does your practice look like for you? Is it I mean, so you're down in Costa Rica. Do you have any favorite teachers down there? Are you practicing more online? Is it more just self-led? What does that look like for you? Well, my practice has been pretty much self-led since I was about 28. Okay. Um, before, probably right, right around 27, 28, I really was into Ashtanga. So I was always on the hunt for like good, you know, Mysore practice, practices. And then when I met my teacher, my practice started becoming more self-led. Um, and, and then I also had my teacher in New York that I went to religiously. Um, about once a week. Okay. Uh, and that was with Alan Finger, who is an amazing teacher in New York. Um, he's been teaching yoga for like 50 years. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And so then, but, but for the most part, my practice has been self, you know, self led. And, uh, when I come to my mat, it's really about, it has been about probably for about 15 years, 16 years, really, about like just kind of, I guess, testing myself, like testing how long can I stay here? What happens if I just sit here for a while? Um, what happens if I breathe a certain way? Um, testing out different pranayama practices. Uh, for about a year and a half, I went really deep into uh, some pranayama practices, like really deep into them. Sure. Um, and, and then also doing mudras and different kriyas. Uh, so right now my practice, um, uh, has shifted a little bit, but mostly it's a lot of like intro. Um, so there's one part which is meditation and pranayama and, uh, in the meditation, some of it, I'm doing a practice around self inquiry mm-hmm. and then focusing on my guru mantra. And then the physical part is very varied. A lot of my physical practice it depends on, on sort of the day of the week, but a lot of it is really about maintenance, like just taking care of this body and, um, trying to keep it up to speed. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. And it's also a good reminder and nice to hear like things are going to change, especially your body. And you have to be able to keep up with that in your practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I mean, the body does change. I, used to be able to put my foot behind my head, you know, and then somewhere around 32, 33, that started to change. And, um, there's like this really famous yoga teacher. I think he used to be in San Francisco and then he moved, but he put up a post, this photo of a picture of himself. I think it was about four years ago. Which, and he which was yoga like, teacher was this? Oh, I just don't want to say right oh, okay, now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. 
I don't mind talking about people. I just won't mention them. Right, 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 right. No, I, I feel that. I get it. But he, but he, like, you know, he's, it was really comical for me because I remember four years ago thinking, like, oh, yeah, wait if, wait, wait a 10 years or 15 years and see if you're still, like, you know, talking about, you know, the importance of opening up your hips. And, um, uh, I mean, literally it was less than four years and he put that, put hashtag TBT and he's like, yeah, four years later. And I'm noticing I can't do what I used to do. So yoga is starting to change for me. (laughs) 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 And it's really, it's really amusing now because I look at myself when I was a young yoga teacher and some of the things I used to say, I'm just mortified by right now. Um, I think that getting older and being a yoga teacher has given me a lot more, um, grace and a lot more compassion. I think I've definitely developed a lot more compassion for people and where they're at and patience. My patience is something that grows as a teacher, uh, which is something I've not always had. So I'm very thankful for (laughs) this process. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I agree. So you've been teaching now for how many years? Uh, 20, 21, 22 years. Wow. And I know you have, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that too. I, I know you have a lot going on. You, throughout your, your teaching process, you wrote a teacher training, you did a 500 hour teacher training, you wrote a book, you've done a lot of traveling and teaching. You've done a lot. Yes. Yeah. I've been very blessed. I, I moved. Um, so I was teaching before this, but my teaching really um, took root in 2001 when I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And I think before that, I wasn't really clear that I wanted to be a teacher. So I was putting my foot in many different areas. But in 2001, it was really the end of 2000. I made the decision like I'm going to be a yoga teacher. Right. And this is what I'm going to do. And so I moved to New York uh, with literally two bags and um, just decided I was going to teach yoga privately. And uh, then what ended up happening was I started like, you know, a class that grew to like two classes a month. And then it quickly grew to four, uh, four classes a month. And then that quickly grew to eight classes a month. And then that grew to like 10, 12 classes a month. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up opening a studio in New York. So Oh, that, wow. I didn't know you opened there, up a studio out there. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had a studio. I mean, really, I had a physical space for the better part of almost eight years. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's, a long, that's a long time. And I... I was very blessed. I, I decided earlier on that I wanted to travel and teach. And so I started doing yoga retreats, um, just a couple a year. And then that quickly grew at one point, one year, I think I calculated like teaching seven retreats. Wow. Um, and that was in 2009. And so, and then I ended up coming across Costa Rica and finding, um, this place in Costa Rica and then opening up a yoga retreat center. How did that come about for you? Like, how did you, I mean, that's gotta be a huge transition. How, how did it go from, I'm living in New York, I'm opening a, I have a studio there and then I go to Costa Rica and you, you just magically have this plan that you're like, I'm going to open up this spot. This is what it's going to look like. <laughs> so I, I mean, you know, my studio in New York, we created like a very solid community. Mm-hmm. 
and I realized, um, and then, you know, taking people on retreat and a lot of those people were the same people, you know, a lot of the same people ended up coming over and over and over. And I was leading a retreat in Costa Rica in, in 2007 and I just happened to see this property and I had already been toying with leaving New York. I knew like I wasn't going to be there forever and, um, and I didn't want to be there forever. I love New York. I'm not dissing New York at all for anybody who's from New York listening to this. Um, <laughs> but I, I knew that I wasn't going to be there forever. And so I started considering going to, you know, there was a few places on my radar. One of them was India. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, that idea was sort of in the back of my mind and I kind of researched it and made the decision like India wasn't the place. Sure. And then I just happened to be driving down the road in Costa Rica to a place that I was leading retreats at. And then there was a Century 21 sign outside this property. And I remember like there was like this tunnel in the property that you could see from the outside on the road looking through the gates. And at the end of the tunnel was the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that and thinking to myself, this is home. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, um, a couple of weeks later, we, we signed like um, – uh, a contract to have the property. And then a few months later we came down and finalized everything. So it happened very quickly. How long did it take to, to get everything up and running and going and, and the process of building? And cause there was nothing there. There was nothing here. We had to do everything from scratch. So we, we signed it in February of 2009. Mm-hmm. And then by January, I think it was January 28th or 29th, in 2010, we opened up our doors. Wow. So that, yeah. was, that was definitely a labor of love. <laughs> it, it, it still is. <laughs> you, could, you, could have, you could have almost had a, had a baby. <laughs> yes, yes. Why do you say that, actually? I'm thinking about that. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I, I mean, people have all kinds of interesting ideas about opening up businesses in foreign countries. Um, it is really a labor of love. I've never met a foreign business owner where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't challenging. And, um, but it's also very rewarding. I, if you can get past like the first few years, mm-hmm. like I would really say it took us four years, maybe even five, mm-hmm. um, until we really started to find our rhythm and, you know, work out all the kinks and right. figure things out. Right. So, now things are like a lot more chill, but it wasn't like that during the first couple of years. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. There's so much that you have to discover and you're still figuring out like the voice of the property and what it feels like and so on and so forth. So I, I totally get it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I, I actually wrote for Yoga Anonymous as five or six part series on how to open up your own yoga retreat center. Mm-hmm. So um, if anybody's ever interested, they can read that. It's a, it's a great series, but it's like A to Z on how to do it. 
No, I keep saying actually, uh, you know, I've been obviously. So I'm I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm going down to your property. For those of you listening, I've got a retreat coming up in March of uh, 2018, and we're bringing a bunch of students down there. And as we keep talking about the property and you, I'm like, man, Aaron's got it right. I want to move to Costa Rica and open up my own place. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm I'm slowly watching you in the background. Okay, I got to write a book next. Then I got to go buy a property in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can save you the worry, and you can. Just- just come and like we can do something together. So perfect. <laughs> save yourself the trouble. <laughs> I'm just like you know. I, I don't want to teach you know 12 public classes a week in San Francisco for the rest of my life. But you know, hosting a couple of retreats and then having friends come down and hang out in Costa Rica sounds like a good time. It's it, it's a nice life. It is a nice <laughs> life. It's very very blessed. Um, but you know, there's a lot to make this place happen, and um, for it's, sure. You know, like this, this, this year, uh, Costa Rican, you know, tourism has gone down like 30% and that's definitely impacted our business. So, you know, there's, there's things that you ebb and flow with, but I think like that's where yoga really gives me like grounding Mm -hmm. is that just being able to ebb and flow with life is the seed of my practice, you know, the, the, the major benefit of my practice. So it's, kind of like okay well there's not so many people then i get to go surfing or something like that (laughs) yeah yeah it's not 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 uh not a bad second option to do right exactly that's awesome i love it so you have at the property right now you have 200 hour teacher trainings you have a 300 hour teacher training um i know when people reach out to me that they want to go and 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 do a teacher training elsewhere you're you're kind of my first go-to i always send them your way so so Tell us about what you have going on on the property. Well, we, I mean, most for a good chunk of the year, we have a lot of groups coming. So groups like you're bringing your yoga group. um, And a lot of those groups happen in November, the end of November, December, January, February, March, Mm -hmm. and a little bit in April. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of, um, to kind of feed my passion for teaching I've started doing the yoga teacher trainings. We've done, used to do one a year mm-hmm. and it was called the one month immersion. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to change that and add two a year. And then this year we've actually added four. Wow. And, um, and then we've added before there were just 200 hours and now we've just added the 300 hour. And the focus of the immersion, I think there's a few driving forces behind it, but one of them is that Um, I don't think that any, first of all, I want to say that I don't think that any teacher training is better or style is better than, than another teacher training. I often will tell people you should go do a teacher training that lasts like, you know, for six months, but then you should also go do an immersion. Right. And I think that both experiences can be really potent and powerful for people because, you know, over an extended one, you really start to learn the information over an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Whereas an immersion, if it's done well, you really start to get into a rhythm of what it's like to have a real yoga practice right. every single day. And so every morning we're up by five o'clock meditating, doing neti, doing um, our, our morning you know, rituals. Right. And, and then we practice silence for a while and then people come back and we, um, do some more yoga, talk about some philosophy. Then we go and eat some great food and then people can rest and relax on the beach, you know, in nature. 
And then we come back and we, you know, do some stuff in the afternoon and then we have a great dinner and everybody's in bed by seven thirty, eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a really great place for people to really kind of immerse into what is it really like? Like I've heard what a yogic lifestyle can be like and the effects of it. Right. And, but I can't do it because I have my job. I work until this time I have kids or whatever. And so this really gives people permission to step out of their life and to really dive into who they really are as people. Right. And, and for lack of better words, clean out the contents of their mind. Like, let's just get rid of all of that stuff that we don't need and direct our attention and focus on something that's really um, potent and that's going to really be transformative. Yeah, something that's actually going to be supportive and sustainable as well. Exactly. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And so it really gives people like a chance to do like some of these practices like Nadi Shodhana. How many people actually do Nadi Shodhana alternate nostril breathing every day? Right. How many people actually do like Kapalabhati? It's like we do that maybe once a week if we go to a yoga class. Right, right, right. Totally. <laughs> but having that but, practice at home just goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> but then actually doing it every day, it's like, wow, like this is what it really feels like to do Kapalabhati practice like every day for one month. Right. So that's what I'm doing. That's what drives me. And the, it's fascinating to me like to see how much it works. Like I really don't do much. I mean, I do, but I don't, but I don't because <laughs> all I'm doing is having people come and, and then I tell them like, okay, we're going to do Kapalabhati. We're going to breathe. And then we're going to watch our thoughts and, you know, mm-hmm. and do this meditation practice, but I'm really not doing anything. It's the practice that does it. Right. And yeah. Yeah. That fascinates me to no end, like how transformative the practice is. Yeah, I agree. I, I, told, I, you know, I tell my students that all the time when they're like, thank you for class. And I'm like, you did the work. I just, I just sit up there and said, <laughs> said things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Well, Aaron, I'm, I'm so happy to, uh, to have you on the show today and to, to have the listeners just get to know you and, and check you out. And, um, Aaron's got a really good book. Um, if you haven't read it, you should check it out and I'll make sure I put, links to that in the uh, in the show notes and i'll make sure i link all your uh your retreats that you got going on and also the teacher trainings and for anyone that's listening if they want to uh do an immersion uh teacher training go check out uh aaron's teacher training in in costa rica it's uh it's 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 a beautiful i mean i can't wait (laughs) i can't wait for you to get here danny I, I like it's really I, exciting to have you here. We're counting the days down and it's still, it's not <laughs> even until next year. <laughs> right on, It'll Aaron. be here before we know it. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before we take off today? No, um, no, that, I feel like that's good. Uh, um, hopefully they'll all be able to come down one day and experience paradise at Blue Osa. Yeah, I love it. I'll let everyone know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Thanks everyone. so much, Danny. Until next time, this is Aaron and Danny saying peace out. Yeah, have a great one. 